Hey there, Blessed Mama. We are here to help you, the working mom, manage your personal and professional life without losing your mind. This is a podcast for you. I'm Blair Critch, and I went from a teacher to a stay-at-home to a seven-figure online business owner. And listen, that didn't happen overnight. It happened after we actually hit rock bottom. Bankruptcy that shook us. Then to find out my husband had an addiction problem, I decided that day I would grow and learn how to build a flexible business of freedom. Now today, I'm passionate about teaching other women the exact same thing through systems and strategies full of faith, fun, and drive. What is up? I am Kelly Hoover, retired corporate pharmaceutical rep to network marketing millionaire and small business owner. After recovering from a brain tumor, I knew I wanted to go after my dreams and make life happen. You know, quit waiting around for the perfect time. So I learned social media and how to master my time, and then the magic really started happening. If you are looking to create connections and own your time management skills, then this is the place for you. Let's do it. Welcome back to Blessed Mama Bosses podcast. This is Kelly and Blair, and today's a little bit of a different episode. This is a bonus episode. This is not one that we have planned, but it is one that is needed and one that we know is going to serve so many people. So in this moment, Blair and I are sitting here and it is the day before Blair is getting ready to go in for her first chemo treatment. So I'm going to warn you, there may be a little tears on this. You're going to hear some emotional things, but what we want you to walk away with today are some things that you can apply to your everyday life, some tips and some things that Blair is going to share with you, things that have helped her remain strong and remain positive during the midst of the storm. Because here's one thing we do know. We do know that we all face unexpected storms in our life, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a sick parent, a sick child, You yourself are facing cancer. You're facing a brain tumor. Whatever it is, you have a storm and either you're in it right now, it's in your past, but I can guarantee you there is one in your future. And watching my dear friend go through what she's been experiencing, I admire her so much for her strength, her positivity, and her walk with God right in her heart and by her side. So today, We're going to be sharing a little bit about that, but we want to start off this episode with Blair. I just want to ask you for those of our listeners who don't know what is going on in your life right now, will you just share a little bit about your story? Yeah, I'm like holding back the tears. That was so sweet. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to try to do this without crying because when you said, I'm trying to breathe it in. So when you said she's going in tomorrow for chemo, like it's still not real. Everything has happened so fast, you guys. So if you're listening to this, I mean, literally two weeks ago today, no, two weeks ago yesterday, I went in for a hysterectomy. So this is all like very fast. So it's still a little, I mean, it's very raw, obviously very real, but it's also kind of like unbelievable still. I mean, I'm still in that stage. But one of the things that Kelly just said was, you know, you might be going through and she listed some things, right? And all I could think is, by golly, this 2020 has been a crap show because I had that. Like in January, my dad, I brought him into the hospital because the man turned yellow and we found out he had bile duct cancer, went through a serious Whipple surgery and literally took the last six months of him fighting to get his health back to where it should be. So 
I've had a pretty crazy, you know, 2020 already. And I thought we were like in this really great place and then boom, this hit for me. So I do feel like that's been kind of a gift. I know that's hard for some people to understand, but when I say that, what I mean is God has been prepping me for the last nine months or 10 months of really being cautious with where my mindset is, where my heart is, where my priorities are. And so for that, I am so thankful. So I'm going to share with you guys my journey to this point. And here's why I think it's so important is because these were not maybe things that most people would even go to the doctor for. So I want you to hear this story and hear it very clearly. And I hope that it brings you strength, not only with the tips and things that we share that I've been doing to keep myself in that positive mindset and being focused, but also the things that I did to get the diagnosis that I did as fast as I did. I think quite often, especially as women, and that's most of you that are listening to this are women who work and are also maybe juggling a side business. We are busy like all the time. And so quite often our health gets shoved to the side. And I think it's so important that we are very in tune with our body. So don't be so busy that you're not in tune with your body. So for me at the end of July, I thought I had a urinary tract infection. I had this feeling it was like an urgency to have to urinate all the time, like every 30 minutes. And yes, I drink a lot of water, but it was like ridiculous. And then the next thing was I started getting this like persistent pain in my right lower abdomen, not like a burning sensation. It was like a pain in my abdomen. I almost felt like maybe I had like something was wrong with my appendix. And then I'd go to the bathroom and I'd be totally fine. And I was noticing that a lot. I was noticing that I felt a little bloated. Now looking back, I was definitely like burping a lot. I was noticing that certain foods were bothering. I thought it was certain foods that were bothering my stomach. Now I'm pretty sure it was just this. So I went in and I actually did a telehealth saying, I think I have a urinary tract infection. Can you just give me an antibiotic? They gave me an antibiotic. And a week later, I still felt the same. I reached out. They said, wait one more week, come in. We're going to do a culture and an ultrasound. Now I've had cysts in my past, so I kind of know what they feel like. This felt a little different, more tender than that. And they did an ultrasound, didn't see anything, actually said the cyst that I had in January at my normal clear pap smear, they always do an internal also because I do sometimes get cysts, was smaller than it even was in January. They were like, your culture, it looks great. Your urine looks great. We're going to refer you on to a urologist. Maybe it's that. If it's not that, then we want you to see a doctor for your gastro system. Maybe it's something going on there. So I go to the urologist. He does an ultrasound of my kidneys, ultrasound of my bladder. Everything looks great. Did a bladder test. Everything's great. And that was kind of it. And that was at the beginning of August. Now, because of my dad and what happened this year, they thought he might need chemo this fall, which praise God he doesn't, but they thought he might. So they actually gave him a genetic testing to see if he had any like BRCA2, BRCA, or PALB2. PALB2 is one that a lot of people haven't heard about. It's a newer one, but they wanted to see if he tested positive for any of those, because if he did, they can, they can actually vary your chemo treatment based on your genetics now, which is so amazing. So he got the testing that was positive for PALB2 gene, which is generally for pancreatic cancer. And if your parent has that, you at a lot of places, a lot of hospitals will give you the testing for free. So I went and got the testing done and even upgraded it to see if I had the BRCA gene because my dad's sister has had breast cancer twice, has recently passed away, not from that, but I knew it was in my family history. I didn't have the BRCA gene, but I had the PALB2 gene. So as soon as I found that out at the beginning of August, mid-August, that's immediately sent over to my OBGYN. She calls me, she goes over all of it with me, all the studies on that gene. The percentage of people that get ovarian or cervical cancer is like less than 10%. 
to have breast cancer is I think like eight to 12%. So you have choices, right? You can get a double mastectomy, you can get a hysterectomy, but it's so much lower than the BRCA gene. And so she's like, you know, this is really up to you. And I said, I don't want to get a, a double mastectomy. I feel very strongly that I have mammograms every year and they're, you know, they're great, but I still have that pain in my side. And if you think the hysterectomy would help that pain, I want to do it. And she said to me, what, you still have that pain. I can't believe you still have that pain. We need to get you tested for that. So the first test that they did was the CA-125. That's for your blood. Some of you guys have maybe taken that before. It does show cancer levels, but also your numbers could be high because of inflammation or all kinds of things. An average woman my age, I'm 42, is 35. That's the number your CA-125 should be at. Mine was at 168. Now, over the last few months, I've heard from people who were at like 1,000, 500. You know, so... 168 in retrospect doesn't seem all that bad, but my doctor was very alarmed and she immediately, that was a Wednesday. She immediately got me in for a CT scan on Friday. The CT scan the following week uh, when it was presented to me was shown that I had a six inch mass on my right ovary. Now, mind you, she had just looked at the end of July and there was nothing there. So it's a fast growing one. And immediately she said, you have to go see an OBGYN oncologist. So I did that immediately. That was a Wednesday that she told me this Friday. He got me in, he saw everything, he reviewed everything. And he said, Tuesday, we're having surgery. We're taking that out. We're giving you a hysterectomy. And then based on what we see while you're asleep, the pathologist will actually run it at the hospital and we send stuff off. But if he doesn't see cancer cells, then we'll actually leave your left ovary so that you don't go straight into menopause, but they'll take everything else, right? So hysterectomy went great, but when they opened me up, they did see some lesions. They took lymph noids. They took cells from all over. They left the left ovary because when they spun it in the pathology report, it didn't show up as any cancer. And so my doctor left the left ovary, sent everything else off, even took my fallopian tubes out because sometimes cancer can hide in there. He did a fabulous job. But a week later, when I went in for my one week checkup after my surgery, he said, you're never going to believe. He said to me at the hospital, this is so crazy. He said to me at the hospital, I'm 99% sure you don't have cancer. Like we've run the reports. I've looked at it. I have been in oncology, OBGYN for 20 something years doing this and everything looked very normal. But when they had sent off the pathology report, they sent it off to three different places with three different testings being done. And all three came back that I had cancers. I have low grade serious carcinoma, which is actually like low grade is normally good, but mine is acting like a high grade, like an aggressor because it's, it's moving. Like they found some of it towards my bladder. They found some of it towards other areas. And because of that, they have to treat it very differently. So fast forward, he connected me with an OBGYN oncologist here where I live in South Florida, who specifically deals with ovarian cancer and low grade serious carcinoma, because that is very rare. It's like one in a thousand ovarian cancer patients have this particular thing. And so they were quick. They were so fast. Everything has moved really fast. I had that doctor's appointment with my doctor last Friday this Monday. Okay. So today is a Wednesday, just so you guys know, last Friday, I went in, my doctor referred me to this other doctor. I went in to see him Monday at the hospital. He said, okay, this is what we're going to do. You're going to have six rounds of chemo. And when that's done every three weeks, when that's over, we're going to take out your left ovary. We're going to check to make sure there's nothing left. And if everything looks good, then you'll go on a hormone blocker for as long as your body can handle. And I expect after a year of you being healthy and strong and who you are, you'll be fine. We won't have to worry about this anymore. You'll just be doing, you know, regular checkups with us to make sure you're, you know, cancer free every three months, but that's it. 
So he said, when do you want to start? And my first reaction was today. When can we start? Like, let's do this. Like, if this is the plan, then let's move forward. So that was Monday and they got me in for tomorrow, which is Thursday. And that is how fast everything has gone. But I'm telling you, it's really because I kept saying like, this pain is unusual. The urination is unusual. Like something is wrong. So listen to yourself, listen to your body. And also the fatigue, that's one thing, you know, you hear that a lot with things like, oh, fatigue, but sometimes we like, we, you know, like it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but I did notice that the last week of July, more so than any other time, I remember saying to Ryan, like, I just cannot figure out why I'm so tired. I've always been the kind of girl that by eight 30 or nine, like I am ready for bed, but this was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I was exhausted. And I've really honestly have not felt that way probably since I had babies. And so that was something that really stuck out that was important to me realizing like I needed to figure out something like, is it my hormones? Is something off? Like, so listen to your body and be aware for sure. It's a lot. It's It's a a lot, lot. (laughs) but I admire you so much. I mean, just the ability, you know, watching you go to these doctor's appointments, watching you get the news, watching you think it's one thing and then get news that it's not. There are so many things that so many people who know you admire about how you're handling this. And I think oftentimes we hear from people going through a storm about how they dealt with things, but you don't really understand that so many things you've done in your life the last year, few years has helped you be able to handle it. And I think that that's something our listeners really will benefit from because anyone who knows you personally knows that you are so strong in your faith. You are just so strong in your boundaries and your routines. And it's something that doesn't always come natural to people. And it's something that you have fought for and worked for through other storms in your life. And it's not like you woke up one day, you were just born with all these gifts and really being consistent with things. But really, a lot of the last few years has prepared you for having this sort of mindset in the midst of a, you know, very serious storm. So I want you to share with the listeners a little bit about the things that are keeping you strong, that are keeping you positive, that are keeping you be able to record a podcast the day before you're going in, you know, for your first treatment. Like, what does that look like for you, Blair? Yeah, I'm going to share this with you guys. But it was so cool because this morning I said to my husband, Ryan, I said, I'm actually going to record a podcast today with Kelly. I said, Kelly actually thinks it would be a great time for me to talk about it while it's still like raw and I feel it. And he was like, yes, that is the best thing you could do for so many people today. And I just, you know, I think that's a perspective that we quite often just forget about. But honestly, okay, here's the thing. I have complete and true faith. And what that means for me is that I believe that Jesus is the way. I believe that God is real. I believe everything that's in the Holy Word is true. And so because I have that complete faith, that is what like, you know, my whole life is under, right? It's under this bubble of this is my one true thing that I know is real in my life. That is a hundred percent. And so because of that, there are things that I do every single day to grow that relationship. So like Kelly said earlier, we're either in a storm, coming out of a storm or going into a storm. Well, no matter where I am, I'm doing the same things. I am committed to my daily time in the word. I know God's truth. I have studied it. Whether that means going to church on Sundays, 
taking classes over the years, going to Bible studies, being part of those kind of things. I have a personal relationship with God. I speak to him as if he is my father. I talk to him when I'm pissed off about something. That's who I go to first. Instead of putting that burden on somebody else. Now, listen, Kelly can tell you, sometimes I do put the burden on her too. And sometimes (laughs) I do put the burden on my husband too. But most often I try to go first to God and like spew out, you know, whatever I'm feeling on them first, because he knows, he already knows all the puzzle pieces. I only see one piece of that puzzle, right? I also have a strong prayer life. Those of you that know me, if you say pray for this, I most likely send you a voice memo right away of me praying over it because I'm not the kind of girl that adds you to a list. I'm the kind of girl that does it right now. I'm going to pray for you right now if you ask me to. And that's because I truly do believe it's a complete dialogue between me and my father in heaven. And he wants to hear from me. And if if somebody reached out and asked me to pray for them, it's because he wanted me to pray for them. And so I feel very strongly about that. And so I think that that is something that has always helped me. But then I think the second really big thing is that I truly believe that when you're given a struggle, it's to bless and help others. And I can tell you that because I've already been through a crap storm. Like Ryan and I went through a bankruptcy with two little kids. And then we went through Ryan's addiction. And that was really hard. And I'll tell you, I couldn't talk as openly about it when we were going through it because it was Ryan's journey, right? It was his struggle. And I wasn't sure where I was going to end up. I wasn't sure if we were going to be together. I wasn't sure if he was going to have to go off and get help. I wasn't sure if our marriage was going to end because of it. Like I really honestly had no idea in that time what was going to happen. And so it wasn't really my story to share with people as I was going through it. So I had to really learn how to be one-on-one with God and go to him with everything. And through that though, I learned on the other end, once I'd gotten through it and Ryan was more open, I saw him heal as he shared it. And I still do. I mean, this is years later, you guys. I still see when my husband speaks about his addiction to somebody else and it empowers that person. I see him getting stronger. It's like, you know, it like reminds me of like a video game where they like keep getting larger and larger and larger. It's like, I see that it's so awesome. And so I know that it's true that when you go through something, if you can use it for the greater good and to help others and to bless others through your journey, then it is for such an amazing purpose. And I don't believe anything is a mistake. I believe everything is planned out by God. I I believe everything that happens is what is supposed to happen. And if this is my Job story, like if this is Satan taunting me, God already knows what I'm going to do. Like he trusts me to be able to handle this struggle, right? And that actually chokes me up a little bit because to know that he trusts me to put this in my path right now, that I will be able to get through it and help others through it. I mean, that's really a blessing if you look at it in the right way. Now, I will be 100% honest. It does not mean that I like it. It does not mean that I want to go through it. And it does not mean that I do not cry over it. So I do not want anybody to hear that and think that I am pretending or that I am saying you shouldn't feel pain because it is so important to feel the emotion. Last Sunday, our pastor said one of the most profound things I've ever heard, which was allow yourself to feel it, be in it, and to mourn and sad and whatever it is that you're going through those emotions, and then allow God to do what he's supposed to do. Just put his arms around us, which he can't do if you're pushing the emotion to the side all the time. If you're always shoving it under the carpet, you never really get to see God show up. And so I'm not saying you're not going to feel sad, upset, mad, hurt, whatever you will. But I just really honestly believe like God chose me for this struggle. And even though that sucks, it's also really exciting. Like what is going to happen out of this? Like what is, 
you know, years to come, I might hear. And, and Ryan and I have heard that. Like, it is so cool. People have been reaching out to me. And if you're one of them, thank you. People have been reaching out and blessing us in so many ways over the last week, but like messages of like how we helped their marriage or how we helped somebody they know get through their struggle of addiction or how we helped somebody when they were going through their bankruptcy. Like these are stories we didn't even know about and we're hearing about now. And so I, I don't know, I just, that makes me kind of excited. Do you want me to go through more things that I did? Yeah. Well, and I just want to say just leading up to this and just knowing this, Everything that you have been sharing over the last week to 10 days, I know how much you've already helped people. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that just you being vulnerable and you showing and being raw and educating people on how you found it to be an advocate for their own body, to be prepared to not brush off how they are feeling, to be real and deal with things and have the courage to show up and to tackle. I mean, the journey you've already helped so many people with just sharing and being vulnerable. And I, I just want to stop and pause because it's so incredibly true to be able to do that as you're walking through it. And so thank you. Thank you for doing that. I know there are some things that I see you do like during like just everyday habits and you, you didn't start doing them three weeks ago when you started really going through this. These are habits that are part of your life, like brushing your teeth, I've seen you do them. I know you do them. Even when we travel together, you do them. And I do wholeheartedly know that these habits were in place to prepare you for this. And so share a little bit about what are some of those most important things. It was actually like from Oprah. Okay. It had nothing to do with the Bible. I'm just being honest. There's a million places in the Bible. It does talk about gratitude. And now I know that. But at the time, it was actually like some random Oprah that I happened to be watching. And she talked about starting your day with three things that you're thankful for and ending your day with three things that you were thankful for. And it completely transformed the way I viewed Ryan during that time. Because, and I'm sure those of you that have gone through a struggle, no matter what kind of struggle it is, sometimes you view the other people in your path during that time in maybe a negative way or like how they're handling with it or those kind of things. And it just totally changed my view of him. And it was so cool. And so then about six years ago, Ryan and I both read the book Miracle Morning, which that'll be the next thing I talk about is my morning routine. But in there, he talks about starting your morning off with those gratitudes and with those affirmations. And we started as a whole family and it has been huge. And even through this, I mean, I can tell you guys so many, I have more things I'm thankful for than upset about right now. It is unbelievable. And so even if you just start in the beginning with I am grateful I have a house or you know what? If you don't have a house, maybe it's, I'm grateful I have a t-shirt to wear out. Maybe it's, you know, as simple as I'm grateful that I have one friend that, you know, checks in on me or whatever it is, like just starting out with those things and allowing yourself to, to notice the things around you all the time that you're grateful for and add them to your list. That is huge for me. It changes my mindset. And it's something that, like I said, I've been doing for a long time now. So it's not something I just started, but you could literally start that today like start it today. And I honestly believe that doing the three in the morning and the three in the evening really did change my mindset over those few months. So if you are going through a hard time, I'm going to challenge you to do it morning and night, because I think it's a better way to really get your mind right. And when you go to sleep, your subconscious is thinking about those things that you're grateful for instead of all the things you're upset about. And the next thing is my morning routine. And like I said, if you haven't read Miracle Morning, that was a huge blessing for Ryan and I six years ago, and we did read it. But it is, you know, all about ours is a little different than what he teaches, but we get up in the morning and 
you know, we do a devotion every single morning. We write down our gratitudes every single morning. We write down our prayer requests every single morning. We visualize what we want. We say our affirmations. And I also, I do the things that I love to do first thing in the morning too, even for business. Like outside of that little morning routine, like I like reaching out. I like the connections with people. And so I always make sure that I do some of my connections first thing in the morning when I feel good. So I think a morning routine is hugely important. And I'll tell you this too, those of you that have young kids at home, a morning routine is essential to make your house flow in a way that keeps you healthy and strong. I'm talking mentally healthy and strong because before we implemented a morning routine, it was utter chaos. It was like some mornings were okay, but then most mornings were like, oh my gosh, grab your shirt. Why isn't this ready? What are you doing? Why aren't you out of bed yet? I already woke you up three times. Like how many (laughs) of you guys can relate to that? It was horrible. Like now it is so much better, but that's because we set up a routine. Like we can't expect our children to set up a routine. So I I highly recommend a morning routine. The next thing is my headspace. Like I am in control and you are in control of what you allow in and what you allow out. And that's just the truth. And it doesn't mean it's always easy, but I choose. I choose what shows I'm going to watch. That fills my head. I choose what music I'm going to listen to. That fills my head. And I can tell a difference. You know, when I'm listening, listen, I freaking love Eminem. Those of you that know me, I love Eminem. But I can tell you, I get a little edgy after I listen to that kind of music. Why? Because if you're really listening to the words that are going into your subconscious, they're not positive. Now, if I listen to, you know, Christian music or like something motivational, things like that, like I have a totally different mindset. And so it's important that we know what we're feeding our brain with and what we're feeding our mind with. So like the podcast that you're listening to, you have a choice. You, Yeah, you can listen to the criminal podcast. I have a bunch of friends who do it. They freaking love it. You know, the mysteries, the criminal solving, whatever. But, or I could spend time listening to Bless Mama Bosses or Ed Milet or all these other podcasts that really fill my heart, my soul, and my mind with the things that are going to help me go out and make a better world. So I think it's really important, your headspace, who you allow in it, what you allow in it. And then last but not least, it's your friends and family. Like, who are you going to allow? Now, obviously with family, we can't choose our family. We can choose our friends, but I do have boundaries set up with that. And I do make sure that I keep the conversations on the things that I want. And then I choose my friends. And I choose my online community. I mean, Blessed Mama Bosses is such a positive place. Our Facebook group is such a positive place. You don't see whining, complaining, or moaning. I choose the people I want to be friends with on Facebook and Instagram. And if they don't serve me or they bring me down, I don't have to be friends with them. I choose the people that are on my team. It's a blessing of being in network marketing. Like I get to choose who I want to work with, the customers, the promoters. If they're not working well with me, I don't have to work with them. I have no contract that says I do. And so I'm really good about putting up those boundaries for myself of being around that positive light. One of the things I kept hearing over and over again over the last five days when people would reach out and say they've been through chemo before. And of course, my number one question to them is, what is it that I need to know for during chemo and after chemo? And I would say 80% of those people said, be around positive people, be around positive people. And the blessing for me is I don't have to go search for those people. I already have those people in my life. So choose who you want to be in your life. And if you don't have those people right now, start building up those people. Start choosing who you're going to be friends with. I will tell you some of my best friends I never met in person. I met them through social media. Like Elise, who set me up with this business that I'm in now, like I didn't even know her before social media. Kelly and I have become best friends. I didn't even know her 
before social media. Like, so some of my best friends I've chosen because of what they put off, the energy that they give off, their mindset and who they are. And then the people that you hang out with locally is important too. Like my friend group is amazing. Like they have really surrounded me and taken care of me. And we do that for each other. But I don't have to hang out with people I don't want to. Like, I think when you first have kids, you develop all these different groups of people with kids. And then you start to weed them out as you get older and you realize like, okay, this one, these people are really great. And these, you know, maybe I drink too much when I'm with this group or with this group, I talk about people too much. Or when I'm with this group, I'm unmotivated to go do my work. You know, you have to know and you have to be aware of those things. And then you have to go after the people that you want to be like, that emulate the success, whatever success is for you. So I would say those are like probably the most important things that I have done over the last like 10, 15 years that have turned me into the person I am today. Because I'll tell you, that wasn't the kind of house or home I grew up in for sure. Yeah. I love all of those things. And one thing I will tell you, just knowing you for the last five years is the consistency of all of those things. It's not like, You do a morning routine for a few months and then you fall off the wagon. No, these are consistent things that Blair does every single day. And it will not only help you, you know, in a storm, it also helps you just in everyday life. But I promise you, it does prepare you from an emotional standpoint, from a mindset standpoint. I mean, I got to tell you, like, I am blown away by your courage. Don't cry. I don't want to (laughs) cry. just admire you so much for everything. And one of the the interesting things that you, the listeners may or may not know is, you know, the struggle that I went through five and a half years ago, we didn't know each other, but you really gave me the courage to share my story. And I know it was a God thing in the timing that the story was shared. Yeah. I had the courage five and a half years later through you you know, giving me this like nudge, people are going to, to benefit from hearing, going through a struggle and sharing that on a Monday night. I will never forget the next morning you texting me saying I'm bawling, which you don't cry. I probably have cried more over this than you. That's mm-hmm. part of our, our friendship. Yes. Totally. But you telling me that. And then in that moment, God said to me, she is living this right now, Kelly. And I cannot, and I will never get that off of my mind. So I want to encourage you all that, you know, if you have someone going through something, listen, I don't know what to say to Blair, even though I have been through things, I don't know what she needs. I don't know, you know, specific ways we live hours away. I can't physically be there to help care for her when she's going through this, but I can pray. I can show support. I can lift her up. I can get my community to pray for her. So if you have a friend that's walking a path that you feel uncomfortable about, it's okay. It's okay to say that. I don't know how to support you, but please let me know how I can. Praying for them, you know, just just being able to, to shed a happy light and supporting them, right? Like Blair has said before we recorded this podcast, she said, look, I don't know how I'm going to feel after this, but I know the moment I feel good, even if it's an hour, I want to get up and I want to get back to my normal life which includes being, you know, working, which includes, you know, being with my friends and my family. And I think that is so incredibly amazing for you to realize that. And if you're going through a storm, 
you have to realize like, if you're going to sit and focus on the negative things, we just recorded a podcast, what you focus on grows. But if you're going to focus on those negative things, that is what is going to grow. If you're going to focus on all these things about being positive that Blair just shared with you about these habits and being consistent in your life of how to have a strong mind, how to grow in your faith, that is what is going to grow. And so you have that choice. You can't choose what happens in your life. You cannot choose the storm that God gives to you, but you can absolutely choose how you handle it and the mindset and what you take and what you go and spread goodness into the world because of it. And so thank you for being raw. Thank you for being real. I know it wasn't easy. I'm super impressed that you made it through with why just a few wipes of tears. Yeah, just teary eyed. Didn't actually cry. That's just my, you guys, listen, there's nothing wrong with crying. Just put that out there. I just hate it. It gives me a headache. I never have liked crying. It's like, oh my gosh, I'd rather hold back the tears. I just feel better when I hold back the tears. Otherwise I have like a headache. Ugh, hate crying. And I'm the waterworks, which I haven't been all my life, but I definitely got more sensitive over the years. So you guys, if you want to hear more about Blair's journey as she's walking through it, follow her on Facebook, follow her on Instagram at Blair Critch, Sparkly Blair on Facebook. And she's being really open and honest about what's going on. And so I have faith that she'll continue to be that way. If you found value in these habits that Blair has created to really help her walk through the storm, we'd love for you to join us inside our community on Facebook. It's blessedmamabossesgroup.com. It is a place that I promise you, you will learn things that can really support you in your personal and in your business life. It is a place that you will be surrounded around positive and good habits. Every Wednesday morning, we show up there to share Wednesday in the word, a devotion with you and some inspiration and to pray over you in your your personal and your business life. So we'd love to see you there. Also, I want to share that when you're listening to this podcast, an incredible woman, Beth Graves, started the Blair Prayer Project, hashtag Blair Prayer Project. And it's hard. It's a tongue twister, but... (laughs) If you would please set your timers to 1111 just on a a daily basis or as often as you can and take 15 seconds, one minute, whatever you have to give and just lift Blair, her husband, Ryan, her two sons, the medical team, the people who love and care about her. If you will just stop and pause and pray for her and share it on social media using the hashtag Blair Prayer Project and The goal is to get a million people praying at this time. And we're so grateful, so grateful that you're a part of this community. And Blair, I love you dearly. Listen, you are going to come through this with flying rainbow colors. I know it. And I know it's going to be able to serve so many people. Thank you. I know it will too. All right, you guys, we will see you on the next episode. And thanks for tuning in. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode and want to hang out with us more. Join us inside our Facebook community. You can find us at www.blessedmamabossesgroup.com. We'll see you inside.